bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Monday. Hope you're doing well. Well, this is Saturday, I went to a funeral. And I was going to talk about death and dying and all that stuff in role-playing games and how you deal with it in the role-playing aspect. But I think I'll save that one because I'm in a little better mood right now. And I was just talking with a friend about chop sake. And, well, a lot of people get mad when you call them chop. Martial arts films, old martial arts films, because he's a fan and I'm starting to become a fan. And this is kind of a, kind of a follow-up to the monk class I was talking about yesterday. And it's, I watch these things and a pattern emerges. This is a great thing about genre movies. When you watch things, patterns start to emerge. Cliches start to emerge that you can use. And so I wanted to know how you integrate something like martial arts as in a theme, not really a theme or a sub-theme or something like that, in your role-playing game. And I'll talk a little bit more about this after this. Okay, what I mean is, say you have a character, a monk character, how monk do you want to make them? Do you want to make them just like an Occidental guy who they happen to have some disciplines in this fantasy world or something like that? Or you do, do you want to go full-blown Asian kung fu, whatever? Me, I can push it into wuxia very easily. I love that kind of... In fact, wuxia, to me, if you're doing high, middle to high fantasy, works out great because people are doing magical stuff. And then you lay the magic over it and you can probably do Eastern... You know, change the spell so it's more Eastern flavor. But you don't have to do a whole Oriental Adventures, you know, type game to have that kind of flavor, a little bit of that flavor in your in your campaign. First of all, Know your players. Well, not know your players. Know the characters. If you have, if you play the, with these people, but yeah, know your players. Okay. If you play with these people for any kind, kind of time and they come up with a monk character or even a new person, try to pump them a little for a background, for some background information or sit down with them and decide. I mean, you should do that with every character, but I'm particularly focusing on something like a monk because... You know, he, he's ripe for this kind of stuff. He or she is ripe. And so if you sit down, and if you don't want to make it a main plot because, well, you could always do a fish out of water thing because the rest of the, he has to go do something and the rest of the group has to come with him. He's going to this far off land. Okay, fine. Or you can do the fish out of water in the other way which makes him the fish out of water because he's in a, a middle European fantasy type realm that he may have been there for a while. He may be new or something like that. But if you, if you use that, you can, you should like, it'd be nice if you can introduce some of the martial arts movie elements into it. Like he has a master and he is going off adventuring because his master sold him to, you must get you must get experience, grasshopper, and become a mighty monk, mighty martial artist, whatever. And he sends it off. And what's neat about it is, I would make that master kind of a semi-regular NPC, because it, during the course of the adventure, 
he would have limited access to the master, like maybe, I don't know, telepathy, or they have a telepathic bond, or the master just sort of shows up out of the blue. You don't know how he got there. You don't know. He could either just like he turns away and he's gone, or do the old boom, smoke, smoke bomb, and he's gone or something. And I would do that, you know, when he's talking to him, kind of like, I don't know, Force Ghost, I guess, in Star Wars. Or you do it in front of the whole the whole group. And go, whoa, what's that all about? Our master says, or my master says that we should be, and he could, I mean, he could help out with the plot if you want and stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't overdo it, but, you know, having a master show up every once in a while and, you know, have him interact and then go away, which is kind of cool for me. Also, you might have some, like, what I say, Shaolin bullies, you know, guys who are really good that tend to taunt the monk character. And, you know, and in, you know, an extension, the rest of the group too. But, you know, they're just there to make his life hard. They're rivals or whatever. And so they're there to get beat up, basically. And I'm not saying the rest of the group can't beat him up either, but they'll have a little harder time. He's going in there with hands and feet flying and, you know, doing, doing the things that they do. And I'm saying all this could be like a subplot thing. All this can be, it doesn't have to be the main plot, but he has his own story and he's following the main story for a reason. I mean, this is this is role-playing 101 right now, right here. You know, every character has a background. They have a reason for being with and doing what they're doing, but a lot of them, like him, have other reasons. They have their own agenda that are not, not necessarily in odds with what the other players are doing, or the other characters are doing. Or they may be, but for the most part, you know, he's trying to prove himself or whatever. So you got that. You may have a girl in there, you know, a girl from his village or a girl who is like the prominent mayor of his town's daughter or something like that, that, oh, and she gets kidnapped or something in the, in the, in the B plot and the subplot. So maybe even the main plot's villain kidnaps her. Because he knows this guy will come after her, and if this guy comes after her, the rest of the party will follow him. So it makes it easier for him to get to them. And, you know, you can do stuff like that and twists and turnarounds. And as far as the martial arts go, you know, I, I went through the, the, a few of the martial arts classes in the different editions, you know, a couple of editions last time. Well, you know, they talk about unarmed fighting. And... I like the idea on fifth edition because you can fifth edition that it doesn't matter whether you're armed or not. You can still do this because what I'm thinking is the traditional martial arts weapons like a bow staff or nunchucks or a or a katana or something like that, which to me really doesn't impede. Some of these games, yeah, you have to be, you know, you have to do barehanded, but you know, that, that's the way it goes. But I'm trying to think of putting a little more flavor into it because when I play it, I tend to I tend to say, okay, okay, let's go to fifth edition monk for a minute, just for a minute. And I spend a key point and do a flurry of blows, which is four attacks in one round. So when I was playing, we my friend of mine run ran an Oriental Adventures game where I played a monk who had a bow staff, and I said, Okay, here's how it's gonna go down every time. It's going to be one with the bow staff. When, I, when I'm doing the, the flurry blows, it's going to be one with the bow staff, two with my hands, and one with my foot. Always 
I said, it's always going to be boot to the head at the end, just because. And, you know, and in your mind, this starts working. When you're fighting, he's fighting something like an orc or something like that. You just, you know, okay, flurry of blows. And you hear it, you go, you know, how, how they do the, the sound effects in martial arts. In fact, I think I need to bring my tablet with my soundboard on next time, put some martial arts blows on there. So every time I text, you know, that kind of thing. So it says number of blows in, in a monk. It says number of blows, but in your mind, like my mind, I will make it a whole fight sequence on his turn. I, would, I won't make it the whole fight because the other guy's going to come back at me. But I'm going to get, you know, I watch these films and it's like, okay, boom, boom, okay, that guy, okay, okay, the, the, the villain got one and knocked him down. He weeps back up and he goes, boom, 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 you know, it's that kind of thing. And that's, I, that, that excites me, that, that makes it. So you got to give it a little more flavor, a little more flavor to the martial, uh, to, the, to the monk as far as that goes with the martial arts. And just watch a few, watch a few martial arts films. Try and stay, to me, this is personal opinion. So I found, I found out with the martial arts films with the word ninja in the title, Aren't as much fun. Yes, they get some good martial arts fights in there, but it's more melodrama than, you know, just getting in, you know, it's like two gangs fighting or whatever. So if you're into the melodrama and stuff like that, fine. But if you want to just watch some real action, you know, try to avoid the ones with the, with the, the, with the word ninja in the title. That's just my personal feeling, my gut feeling. Take of it what you will. So... I'm going to leave it like there. But that gives you some idea to give flavor to some of your monk characters, even if it's part of a bigger campaign. It doesn't have to be revolving around them. Anyway, I'm going to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything, you can get a hold of me at oldmangrognar.gmail.com or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos and Daniel. Mark C. Walring's podcast is The Yawning Albear, but all you guys are great. So until I see you next time, keep the dice war, and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.